And we are back here on Pacific Rim, 1029 and 750 the game. Though the title may say Pacific Rim, we're going to actually go to the East Coast today as Georgia Tech had a very nice first year under head coach Josh Pastner. And the head coach of the Yellow Jackets is joining me right now. And Josh, how are you doing on this fine afternoon? I am doing really well. Thanks for having me on. And uh, all is good this way. Perfect. That is really good to hear. And it was great to see the first the good first season that you had at Georgia Tech. I know that things weren't necessarily the best in your last couple of years at Memphis, but you go to Georgia Tech, a team that many people thought were going to was going to lose like all but maybe one or two games in the ACC. You guys wind up knocking off the likes of North Carolina, Notre Dame. You guys had a really good run there in the ACC. What do you think was the biggest factor that allowed you guys to have, have immediate success last year? Well, there's a few things. Um, uh, what I would tell you is we... You know, we had a a fantastic season considering when when I got the job. You know, this was going to be a major rebuild job here at Georgia Tech, and they had told me that they needed someone with ultra positive energy because in the first year you're not going to go, you're not going to win a game the first year in the ACC, and over your first two years you're going to win a total of 20 games overall, just both seasons combined. But they said they need somebody who's you know who can be upbeat, positive. Um, uh, stay, you know, stay in a good place mentally when, when you're going through these long losing stretches. Obviously, I, I don't think I was the first person they wanted for the position. I just think most people said I didn't want anything to do with that, uh, and 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 turned it down. And so, um, and I, so here I come from Memphis. Uh, you know, for me, from the outside there, I was looking at it, and this is a great opportunity. However, being at Memphis, I had won 70% of my games, had never lost three games in a row. Uh, our longest losing streak at Memphis was was two. Uh, I was the fastest coach in Memphis history to get to 150 wins, and I mean we had great success there. And so you're coming here and you're hearing that this is going to be a major rebuild. And but I was excited for the challenge, um, uh, but knowing that there was going to possibly be long stretches of you know of of losing streaks possibly. Um, what I would tell you is the uh, how it all unfolded from our first workouts in April when I saw the team to our very last game in the championship game in the NIT, to see how it unfolded as in terms of the power of team, the power of uh, the team unity, how, how, how a team can beat a group of individuals even if the individuals are so much more talented than the, than the team that's playing as individuals. But team wins. Now, if we played as a team and the other team that was ultra-talented played as a team, we got our butts kicked. But when teams played as individuals, regardless of how talented and how good they were, we won. And that's a power of the team. And so to see it all unfold and for us to be able to get 21 wins this year and um, uh, 17 at home, which is a single-season record for Georgia Tech history and, and a single season for home wins, to see us do what we did and had really overachieved from where we started and what people projected us to do uh, was, a, was fascinating. And uh, I, God willingly, hopefully I'm head coach when I'm 75 years of age, which would be another – 30, you know, five, 36 years of a head coach, I don't know if I'll ever be around a group of guys or a team that did what we did this year where everything was, you know, it was just aligned uh, all about team unity. 
It was nothing short of amazing as Josh Pastner joining me right here on Pacifica Rim, 1029 and 750 the game. And if I remember correctly from that Georgia Tech team that had made the NIT in 2015-2016, you guys lost something like five of your top six scores, but then you guys were able to turn around this year and you had four guys averaging in double figures, uh, talking about your whole team unity that you were talking about a little bit earlier. I mean, was it something that you just knew right away was going to click, or was there maybe one game during the season where you said, you know what, the light has come on for this team? Well, what I would say is uh, a few things. Uh, one is uh, just on the fact of, um, uh, you know, the, 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 the guys really having buy-in. Now, when was that buy-in happened? I look at it, there's multiple times during the season. I mean, we had got our butts kicked at Tennessee, um, we played uh, at Penn State, we lost. Um, uh, excuse me, we played Penn State and we lost, and we played at Tennessee. We, we got our butts kicked, and then we were playing at VCU. And I hadn't lost three games in a row in my career. That dates back to as a player at Arizona, an assistant coach in Arizona, an assistant coach at Memphis, and a head coach at Memphis for seven years. So here we are at VCU, and, and there's a good chance that that could be my first time at a three-game losing streak. Well, we won that game in overtime at VCU where it's, they had won like 90% of their home games the last seven or eight years. That was a big uh, uh, selling point for us or a buy-in point. Another one was, you know, we were playing North Carolina A&T on a Wednesday night. They were ranked 351 out of 352 of, on Ken Palm rankings of colleges in the country. And we were down six points with under three minutes to go, and we found a way to win the game. Well, that was Wednesday night. Saturday at noon, we're playing North Carolina. And just, I mean, the line was, I mean, whatever it was, 25 or 30 points. We were underdogs. Um, We ended up beating North Carolina, double digits by 12 points. At that time, people said it was the greatest upset in the history of ACC basketball. Now, it's not as big of an upset because of the year that we ended up having, uh, but at that time and what the game we just came off of barely winning, that was a big buy-in point. So, um, you know, what I would tell you is, uh, you know, here we are, and we still hadn't lost three games in a row this year, and we, our longest losing streak was two, and that to me is fascinating. And what a, for my seven years at Memphis, the year here at Georgia Tech, to have eight years of not to have lose three in a row, that is such a, a, a sign of strength for the guys that I have been fortunate to coach, that their ability to, to rebound from losses, the, the, the ability to not allow things to linger on, and the ability to keep moving forward and trusting the process, trusting the, the system, trusting the program for us to be able to, to, to avoid any real long losing streak like that. And, so, and to do it this year, considering what the expectations or predictions or projections were, was really special. And the team all made it all the way to the NIT final. As Josh Passner joining me right here on Pacific Rim, 1029 and 750 the game. He's entering his second year as the head coach at Georgia Tech. Many of you may remember he played for four years at Arizona and also was the head coach for, for Memphis for many years, leading them to a couple NCAA tournaments as well. And he's joining me right here on Pacific Rim. And one of the things I thought was interesting is I feel like one of the key cogs to your team wasn't necessarily one of the players. It was the addition of one of your assistants, head co- or former head coach of the Portland Pilots, Eric Revenue. What has he meant to this program? Because I actually still remember looking at the Portland Pilots throughout the year, and 
Interestingly enough, ESPN had not updated their Twitter feed, and it kept showing Eric Reveno like through February uh, and all his tweets. So it was like, congratulations to Georgia Tech on another win, and you're seeing that on the Portland page. But I thought that was really funny. But anyway, getting well, back <laughs> getting back to the question, what did he really mean to this program? Well, what I would tell you is uh, he he's done a great job for me, and I was uh, you know he was he's a winningest coach there and. In, in Portland history, uh, was very successful. And uh, when when he, um, you know, became available to hire, um, I thought it would be a great hire here. Uh, uh, one, he's he's known in the industry as one of the best big man coaches in the game. Look at the tra- the, the track record what he had at Stanford, you know, with the Lopez twins, Mark Matson, uh, the Collins twins, um, and all the success that he had there at Stanford. Secondly, he's been a head coach for a long time, very successful head coach, so he understood what it's like for me to sit in my chair. Uh, I, I truly believe unless you sat in that head coach's chair, you fully don't understand. Moving six inches over makes a huge difference. There's no longer suggestions. It's all about decisions you have to make. And um, so he understood that. And I would also tell you that he, he's been at, you know, he got his um, uh, bachelor's and master's from Stanford. So he's been in the academic world of institutions. Well, I've been, haven't been at one of those. And here at Georgia Tech, it's a high academic institution. It's one of the very, it's one of the elite academic institutions in the country. So I needed to surround myself with guys who understood that, including the recruiting part of it, or, or the navigating part of it, of, of, of being able to get high academic kids here uh, that are good enough in both areas, academically and athletically. So he's been great. Uh, he's done a great job. He's done a great job with Ben Lammers, who had a great year for us, who was Defensive Player of the Year here in the ACC. And I was really fortunate to be able to, to, to get uh, Eric Reveno uh, with me here at, on, on our staff. He certainly has made a big addition. And something that I find very interesting about you is you're a lot more simple than most college basketball coaches that I know because I still remember reading an article a couple years ago. I think that it was maybe three years ago that you were still using a flip phone. You're doing all this recruiting. You're over there at Memphis. You had just made the round of 32 in the NCAA tournament, and you were still using a flip phone. Where did that come from? Because I just thought that that was one of the most interesting things ever being uh, what college basketball is today with recruiting and always staying up on social media and things like that? Well, I, I truly believe simplicity, simple is powerful. I believe simple is powerful. And I'm not a, uh, I am not an extravagant human being. I can tell you that right now. Uh, I, like, I like simple. Now, I, I have the flip phone. The flip phone, just, it, it, just through use, it, it, it broke. And I was taping it together to hold on, and then it just... I had to give its proper burial, and, and I had to lay it, lay it to rest. I did get an iPhone, but I'm looking at my iPhone now, and, I am t- and it's taped together because my iPhone is broken, and I've taped it together with scotch tape, so I'm working on the scotch tape. However, I do want to tell you this. I still have a flip phone. There's few remaining out there, but I bought one when my, when my uh, initial flip phone had just – I had to lay it to rest – I bought one in, for a backup phone in case something like this happens where my iPhone just breaks apart. I still have a flip phone if need to be, and uh, I'm probably one of the few Americans out there um, in the United States of America that still carries a flip phone with them.
Oh, that is hilarious. An iPhone held together by scotch tape and a backup flip phone. You don't hear that every day as joining me right now is Josh Pastor, the head coach of Georgia Tech right here on Pacific Rim, 1029 and 750 the game. And coach, would like to close it up with this. Your team had a very good first year. And as we just found out, you're a very simple man. So what is it going to take to be able to get Georgia Tech over the hump next year, get them into the NCAA tournament, and to just continue to build up this program? Because obviously you guys are already ahead of schedule. Well, you know, we're not out of the woods yet. We, we, we still got to get multiple recruiting classes. Uh, we're very thin with our margin for error. Um, I, I do think we have a chance to be good next year. I mean, we, our expectations or people's expectations of us are going to be that for us to make the NC2A tournament based on what we did this year. Because initially when I got hired, they gave me a six-year contract, and they told me by year five you need to be in the NC2A tournament. So I think most of them now want me in year two to be in the NC2A tournament. What I would tell you is – our number one key next year, and we'll have a great chance to do that, the whole key, knock on wood, is we have to stay healthy. Our main guys have to stay healthy. If we stay healthy, we have a great chance to be in the NCAA tournament, and that's what it's going to come down to, and it's about as simple as that. And so, um, you know, we don't, because this is a major rebuild, we don't have that margin of error where we can sustain somebody, uh, you know, not playing well or, or being injured or, or whatever it may be. We just don't have that margin of error, and that's where I'm talking about the rebuild, why we need multiple recruiting classes so we can get to a point where we're nine, nine guys, eight to nine guys that are good enough to play in the ACC and that we're nine, in, we're nine deep so we can sustain, have some margin of error. Right now we're not at that point, and the only way to get to that point is going to be through multiple recruiting classes. So we're still not out of the woods. It's going to take us some time, but I listen – I'd rather have it the other way where we're at, uh, where higher expectations. And I mean, I, I don't want it to be low expectations. I want, it to, I want people to want us to, uh, or expect us to be, you know, having great years. Uh, I would tell you that I had many coaches in the business, many head coaches in the business. My good friends would send me text messages through the year and say, "I'm winning too much in year one. You're screwing yourself." So, you know, probably because of the fact of of the extra added expectations on that. But we'll take the trade off. Yeah, certainly. There's, there's never a, it's never a bad thing to win too much, in my opinion. And it's no, good to see that yeah, you're the exact same no way. Such, as. There's no such thing as a bad win. Let me just tell you the true words of the thrill of victory to the agony of defeat and losing, and and there's nothing like it. And 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 and, and, and you just you're, you're when you lose, you're sick about it. It just for like a guy like me, you just it it wears on you for days. Maybe not externally, but internally, it just eats at me. You don't sleep. You're sick about it. And when you win, man, you, it's the thrill of victory. It feels like you're a uh, you're a billionaire. Like you just won. You just won a billion dollars. And and it's really that far of a range of emotions between winning and losing. And so, um, but you know, being at this level as a head coach, you know, it, that's what that's what's so great about coaching is it keeps you close to the adrenaline rush of what it was like when you were playing. And let me tell you, if I were a recruit right now, I'd be jumping through a building to try to get on your staff or try to get on your team right now. It's Josh Pastor, head coach of the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Join me right here on Pacific Rim 1029 and 750 the game. Coach, congratulations on a great first year. Best of luck moving forward. And thank you so much for joining me today. Okay. Thanks for having me on. Look forward to talking to you in the future.